Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody? I'm really tempted to say happy holidays, not because I don't love Jesus and believe in Christmas, but because happy holidays, it actually, the root there is holy days, and we're kind of in the midst of holy days, and Christmas isn't quite here yet, so I don't really like saying happy Advent, it just feels awkward to me, but happy holidays in the lead up to Christmas, it just feels perfect. So I hope that offends maybe nobody out there, because you're reasonable people. Okay. And you're probably into etymology more than I am. Etymology is like the study of like the roots of words. And frankly, I just think happy holidays captures it at least for another week or two. But here's the, here's the problem. I listen to Christmas music year round. Is anybody else struggling with that out there? Like I just sometimes need an infusion of joy into my soul. And the best way that I can do that is Makada B. Smith Christmas. I'm sorry. It's just how it is with me. And today I'm so excited to sit down with Father Ryan Adorjan and just talk about Christmas, okay? Yes, we're still 10 or so days away from the actual holiday, okay? The actual day in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus in time, the the fullness of time. Pretty exciting stuff, actually. But, you know, it's really uh, this lead up, this, this season that we call Advent, it's all about hope. It's all about hope. And that's really what we break open today, Father Ryan and I. It's, it's his last time with us at least in season four of the podcast. It's also the last episode of season four. Did you know that? Beginning next week, we are launching a brand new, I shouldn't say brand new, a brand new concept anyways, a bonus series that we've never done before. Like we did the orthodoxy bonus series. We've done artist interview bonus series. This is very, very special. So hang on till the end of the episode so you can find out exactly what we're doing beginning next week. But for now, kick back and enjoy O Come, O Come Emmanuel. This is off of For King and Country's brand new Christmas album, A Drummer Boy Christmas. I hope you enjoy. Come, oh, come, me, man, you well. And ransom captive Western culture. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Father Ryan, welcome back. It sounded welcome like back. I said, woke, woke, come, <laughs> oh, come, me, man. You well. Perfectly timed, though. I mean, we are in the lead up. We're in the lead up. We're in our favorite time of the year, aren't we? At least mine. You know what happens in the background? 
No. Ching, 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 ching. I'll go get my bells. Well, okay. There's a lot of whiners about the secularization of Christmas. No, keep going, keep going. I'll just be back here. I like all that music. I like it. Okay. I like it too. Have you ever heard the... um a Christmas Festival by Leroy Anderson? <laughs> yes. How'd you know? Are you serious? No. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. The Spirit of Christmas by Michael W. Smith. Clearly yeah. was what I was going to We ask. listened to it, I think, last year. As it's we magical. Last year, yeah. Let's just go and start there. I know it's Advent and we're not supposed to listen to Christmas music, but, you know, what's your favorite? Don't tell me the holos because we know that's already your favorite. It's sort of like... Who most inspires you in human history? Well, okay, other than Jesus. Okay, other than the Oh Hello's Christmas. Okay. What's your favorite Christmas album? I honestly really love the Christmas music from King's College at Cambridge. Oh, yeah. That is some beautiful music. Yep. Actually, this sounds kind of strange and maybe, I don't know, I'm a little biased, but in 1984 or five, the Cathedral of St. Raymond Nonatus in beautiful Joliet, Illinois, where I live, work and have my being, recorded an album, a Christmas album, of like their concert before the Midnight Mass. And it's a bunch of stuff you've heard and a bunch of stuff I've never heard. Mm. And it's so good. Wow. It's so good. Yeah. And I think last year I listened to that, I like, a lot. Yeah. A lot, yeah. I when, would say that. When do you listen to Christmas music, by the way? I mean, I, I'm aware that this happens in June sometimes for you. Yeah. I think Christmas music is fair game any time of the year until the beginning of Advent. Wow. That's a perspective I've never heard. In Advent, I try to challenge myself not to listen to it. To anticipate. Right. Oh, man. That's tricky because you've only got like, what, 12 days of Christmas? I mean, what do you got? Maybe two weeks? So then Christmas Day. You binge listen? What do you do? Christmas Day music, Christmas music becomes acceptable until the beginning of Advent the next year. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's really good. What is it about waiting, hoping, anticipating? We had somebody probably two years ago now on the podcast say that, you know what? Waiting is sometimes better than having. Yeah. Meaning like this desiring, this hoping for is sometimes better than even the having of what you're hoping for. Now, obviously, like from a Christian perspective, that's not true. I mean, the beatific vision is going to be bomb diggity, the best of the best right? The most amazing plunge into the depths of infinite joy we could hope for. Mm -hmm. But I do love anticipating it. I do love longing for it, you know? And you love seeing glimpses of it. Yes, that's it. Little reminders that it's on its way. You're on your way to it. It's on its way to you. Well, paradoxically, you both are already there. Whoa, whoa. You're already in Christ. You're already a new creation in Him. This is part of what shook me up when Starbucks got rid of their red cups. 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Do you even know that Starbucks used to have red cups? Yeah. Okay, you're old enough. Some people out there don't know. When those hit in November, I was like, all right, we're officially in the countdown. The countdown. Yeah, they're not red anymore. Yeah. Why aren't they red? I have no idea. I really don't even think it was a political statement, although that would have made sense for Starbucks. Yeah. Locally, I have to say, there's a few spots that got peppermint mocha, Mm -hmm. even better than anything you and I have ever had at Starbucks. You're still a peppermint guy. No, it's true. true. I love peppermint mochas. But you also love local. So you could see this being a perfect collision. Absolutely. If Juliet had some really cool, completely local coffee shop run by one of your parishioners, 
Yes, I can't imagine that. And in fact, they're down the street from the cathedral. There used to be a restaurant called Truth. Quid es veritas. It was called Truth, but it closed. And it was the best place ever. And they used to give me black coffee with peppermint schnapps. Schnapps? As a little dessert. What is schnapps? Schnapps? I don't know what that means. It's, uh... <laughs> it's like uh, you eating collard greens, me knowing what schnapps are. You didn't know what collard greens were a few nights ago. Yeah. And you didn't touch them. You took like a bite. Are you talking? No, you took a picture nope, and then you took nope, a bite. <laughs> nope. Nope. I ate a lot of those. I ate nuts. a lot of those. Yeah. Man, did you see what else I ate? A big chicken. Huge. A big, Huge. big chicken. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy. And some um, Jimmy. Good old Southern mashed potatoes. It's the holidays, Jimmy. So what is schnapps? Get off of me Tell here. me about schnapps. Schnapps is a type of adult beverage that you pour into other beverages like coffee. Oh. And it's like a little Baileys in your coffee Baileys, sometimes. But you put yeah. some schnapps in there. And schnapps is something that you drink when you are celibate or between the ages of about 90 and 100 years old. <laughs> so you're obviously celibate. So that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I'm anyway. curious because I don't know that I've ever um, asked intently enough to remember the answer. Uh, what is your heritage? You so my mom is basically 100% Irish. Uh-huh. There's a little German in there, a little Bohemian in there, which wow. is where I get my sort of sly side, my very kind of creative shyster side, very yeah. proud of it. And then my dad, so Adorjan, my last name, Father Ryan, everyone, is not my last name, okay? I have parishioners who think that. that Someone called the other day and said, what's Father Ryan's first name? (laughs) Anyway, I said, tell them his first name is Father. Father. Anyway, Adorja, my last name, is Hungarian, Austrian. Wow. But like we still have family in Austria. But I think if you go farther than that, it's more like Armenian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Armenian. And my dad is also, we have some Polish on that side. So, so do you have any awareness of some cultural celebrations of, of Christmas from any of those countries of, of your origin and heritage that have been passed down? Anything you guys do that's particularly interesting, different, no. sacred, nothing at all? No. You've been pretty Americanized then? Yes. Yeah, okay. Peppermint mocha it is. Peppermint mocha and some schnapps. So here's a question And for huge you. family parties. I mean, just giant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many family members you got extended? So I only have one brother, Yeah, but my dad's one of three, and mm-hmm. my mom's one of five. It's a good and old time. each of their siblings have two or three kids, you know? Yeah. And then, especially my mom's side, we kind of remain, you know, so my grandma herself is one of, I think, five. Mm. And they all had three or four kids, you know? So we vacationed every year together. I mean, the whole extended family. So we do a kind of respect respective families on Christmas, but then in January... Their name, actually, my grandma's maiden name is Ryan. Yeah. So we call it the Ryan Family Christmas Party. Huh. And that happens in January. And that's when all of my, my grandma and her siblings and their whole families come and together. This is the Irish side. The Irish side, so baby. My maternal grandmother's maiden name is Ryan. Wow. Are we cousins? I was hoping. We're cousins. Yeah, because my great grandfather, the most Catholic of us all, at least in the family tree, Went to confession like once a week, that kind of Catholic. His name was Dan Ryan. That's yeah, only I mean, three generations ago. How many Dan Ryans there are in the world? What if we woke up and found out we were related? You know who you're related to? Uh, nope. You're related to the expressway that leads to downtown Chicago. Is that true? Which is named the Dan Ryan. Really? Yeah, all the expressways um, in Chicago have names, you know? 
mm-hmm. the Dan Ryan, you got the Tri-State, yeah. you got the Veterans Tollway, Reagan Memorial Tollway. There you go. Eisenhower, you got the Kennedy, you got the Stevenson. Anyway, the it's Dan Ryan is one of them. It's interesting. You know, we're talking about history, heritage. You just brought up the names of at least five American presidents. We just went through an election. We're kind of living in crazy times. I've been using these phrases quite a bit lately, but social unrest and cultural strife are kind of some of the defining characteristics of 2020. It's been a really crazy year. Yeah. We're all kind of ready to leave it behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Bye. Uh, See ya. And yet, Thanks there for coming. is this ever-deepening need for every one of us, and I feel in a real personal way, to cultivate hope, to reclaim hope, even amidst crisis. Yeah. Even amidst chaos and confusion. And I wonder, you know, what does that real reclaiming of hope look like down in the nitty gritty and the details of everyday life? I know for me, it has a lot to do with prayer. It has a lot to do with the kind of people I surround myself with. People that are hopeful make me more naturally hopeful or yeah. supernaturally hopeful, you know? Or both. Yeah. But like prayer and suffering, I would say the two that most stand out to me as terms of like schools for hope. I learn hope through consistent prayer and through suffering well. And I could go on and on about that, but what are your schools for hope, Father Ryan? Especially in these days leading up to Christmas. The heart knows infallibly mm. what? Come on, Jimmy, you know this. It's made for. What corresponds to its longing. <laughs> so you have to just add, for me, it's a, it's a matter of returning to what do I long for? What is the object of my longing? And of course, the answer is going to be Jesus, but fulfillment in him. But that looks like something. He's an incarnate Christ. So that means everything about him looks like something. So what are are ways that he comes to us? What are ways that he's revealed to us? And what are things that foster the movement in that direction? Mm -hmm. So what do I long for? My elementary experience. That's what Jusani called it. My, my sort of elementary basic desires. I want community. I want to be known. I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I want to know that I, I belong. Right. Mm. And so I think for me, movement and hope is simply a rediscovery of the things that correspond to my longing, that correspond to my longing. Mm. And remembering that in the suffering that you mentioned, in the prayer, Etc. These are all ways of giving my life over to Him, mm. and so He is my integrating principle, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to talk about how do we find hope in the midst of our culture, you have to identify, as we talked about a few months ago, the integrating principle of whatever it is that you're of whatever the culture is that you're trying to bring about. So if we want to bring about a Christian culture, then Christ has to become the integrating principle, right? Around which everything is moving, toward which everything is moving. And it also, as we said, sort of maybe paradoxically, but I think beautifully, is not just the principle itself. He's not just the means to the principle, but he's actually the spirit of movement toward the principle. He's the reason I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, his spirit is the one who propels me forward. But anyway, you have to identify that. And then when you identify that, then you begin to see actually, ah, that's what it is. And these are the ways that I can get there. I can get there through community. I can get there through belonging. I can get through prayer. I can get there through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me in the holidays, anyway, 
I, I spent a lot of time hoping sort of eschatologically for the coming of Jesus, et cetera. But more so, I spent a lot of time hoping for the Ryan family Christmas party mm-hmm. or the Christmas party with just my immediate family or for midnight mass, especially in my parish. Oh, yeah. Is it good? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Because why? Because those are all images of something that will be mm. when the integrating principle finally becomes all in all. Does mm. that make sense? It does. Yes. So glimpses, man, glimpses. Yeah. So that's just the way I look at it. I know probably people will be thinking that my way of hoping for Christ is by reading the Summa <laughs> or something. Yeah. And that's not true. That's true for some, fine. <laughs> but that's not true for me. Yeah. That's not true of really many of the people I know. Although I know they're out there falling in love with God on a on a rainy night, reading Aquinas, is that how it goes? Aquinas on a cold night. Yeah. How I fell in love with God. <laughs> Aquinas on yeah. a cold night. Yeah, and I think it's one of the, the beautiful reminders as we wrap up. We're getting to the end of not only a calendar year, but even a podcast season. Short season. Yeah, shorter than normal. But to think that, you know, with every close of a year, with every end to a chapter or a season of life, it's like there's a there's a newness around the corner, something that reminds us, and ultimately it's the Spirit of God calling us into something new. And I know you and I are both big fans of Isaiah 43. Mm, Do not perceive it. You know? Doing something new. Yeah. And I perceive it. I need to hear that a lot. And if I don't, especially, you know, even as an entrepreneur, I can lose my footing. I can lose my vision forward. I've got to believe that something new is always waiting for me around the corner, something beyond even my wildest imagination. And I can only really truly imagine the anticipation of the Israelites after hundreds of years of silence, after the last prophet had spoken, the anticipation that had welled up in their hearts in the lead up to the fullness of time where Jesus Christ dared to dwell among us, dared to be born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem. I mean, I just get giddy thinking about it all year round. And who rejoiced the most? Mm, mm, Hang on, hang on, let me answer that. Who rejoiced the most at the birth of Jesus? Mm -hmm. I mean, in the moment. In the moment, I was gonna. I was thinking the angels because there's an army of them, and man, they're singing glory to God. But that's probably um, Joseph's a bit quiet, so maybe he's rejoicing, but kind of hard to perceive. You know, in, interior. Certainly, Mary would have made sense, but you, you're trying to trick me. God the Father? Did God the Father rejoice the most in that moment? Of course, he rejoiced. He rejoiced uh, the not... most. Jesus, no, his little baby fluttering heart. Maybe <laughs> you. No, you weren't. No, you weren't around. Who rejoiced the most? While shepherds watch the their shepherds? flocks by night, all seated on the ground, an angel of the Lord came down, and glory shone around. Keep going. And then Andrew Peterson does that cool thing with the music where he. Good. Shoom, fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled mind. And then what do they do? Rejoice. They go through the song. Then what? All glory be to God on high and to the earth be peace 
The angels are partying with shepherds in the field. Yeah. They go to shepherds in the field. They don't yeah. go to the mayor of Bethlehem. Mm. Guess what? They don't go to the chief priests in Jerusalem. They go to the shepherds in Bethlehem because who rejoices the most at the coming of Christ in every age, in every moment are the lowly ones mm. who allow themselves to see that the kingdom is not of this world, that the hoity-toity height of it all in this world is coming to an end and it's already on its way out of here, baby. But they see what? The fulfillment of of their longing coming to fruition right before their very eyes. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're oh, saying. Oh, glory man. be to God on high. And uh, Father Ryan, you're dropping to the, the earth, mic. the peace. Thank you. So Goodwill good. henceforth from God to men. <laughs> Begin and never cease. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next year. Happy Advent, everyone. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Peace. Happy holidays. <laughs> no, holy days. So it kind of makes sense. Happy holy days. <laughs> Very good. There. Have a great, great rest of Advent and Christmas, all you beautiful people out there. Father Ryan, we'll have you back for, um, well, who can say when or how soon, but we look forward to it whenever that day comes. Can't wait. God bless you. Peace. Enjoy these days. Dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh or the fields we go. Laughing all the way The bells on bobtail ring Making spirits bright What fun it is to ride and sing A slaying song tonight Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride In a warm horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way you're listening to Jingle Bells by Kevin Hyder off of a collaborative album called Come Let Us Adore, available everywhere digital music is streamed. I must say, I think I laughed harder today with Father Ryan than I've laughed with Father Ryan ever. Okay, we just, we had a good day. It was a good episode. It's a good conversation and a real joy, okay? Because frankly, we need right now more than ever joy in our soul. Is anybody else just feeling that out there? This has been a crazy year. I think we're all ready for 2021, no doubt about it. But frankly, in these days leading up to Christmas, there's always such opportunity to, to leave darkness behind, right? To leave despair behind, to reclaim hope and to remember that Jesus is the Savior. I mean, I hate to get so like, you know, fundamentalist on you, but he's the savior. It's not about us. It's not about us having it all figured out. It's not even about us piecing it all back together after we've messed it all up, okay? It's about Jesus saving us from our brokenness, from our darkness, from our sin. And that is first and foremost what Christmas is about, right? The beginning of our redemption. Really beautiful and, and frankly, really edifying at a time where, you know, there's just still a lot of darkness out there. So we really do hope and pray that you have an amazing final countdown here leading up to Christmas. As I said, there's a huge announcement. I'm going to make it now. The beginning next week, we're going to be launching a bonus series, a six episode bonus series of conversations that I had with artists back in 2014. Okay. This was before Love Good even existed. In fact, before Love Good existed, there was this little thing called Love Good Music. Okay, some of you have actually been patrons since the summer of 2013, which means you know all about Love Good Music. 
And I'm sitting out with Rebecca Ruby on Kevin Hyder, Colum Kerwin, Cimarelli, Nick Fabian, Chris Cole. All right, some of the founding artists of Love Good Music, which of course has gone on to become Love Good as we know it, music books and art, building a better culture. And I just thought, you know, leading into 2021, we gotta kind of celebrate our origins, remember where we came from and make fun of me doing these interviews long before I had a podcast, long before I had any idea what I was doing. But I honestly think these conversations are pretty good. I know you're gonna really, really enjoy this first one with Rebecca Rubion. It's a real gem because she's a real gem. Not like a J-I-M gem, but a G-E-M gem. You know what I'm talking about. The first in a six-part bonus series, we're calling it The Archives, okay? We're pulling these out of the old Love Good vault and we can't wait to celebrate just everything that we've come from. It's so easy to leave behind tradition, to forget about our origins. But frankly, I think it's a really amazing moment for us as Love Good, for us as a country here in America, for us as a as a universal Catholic church, right? Wherever you find yourself to remember where you came from, it's so, so pivotal. You guys are awesome. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time around. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.